I want to talk to you about living in the power of the resurrection. We can talk about the resurrection. We can rejoice in the resurrection. We can go ahead and, you know, and celebrate the resurrection. Well, it would be wonderful to actually, you know what I mean, uh, you know, not just have a story about it, but actually live the story. So there's a passage of Scripture that uh, I've got the men to put up there found in Ephesians that uh, has some powerful things. There's an illumination and there's an enlightenment that the Apostle Paul said that needs to take place. Now, here he's talking to believers. So, uh, apostle, uh, you know, uh, there's more, I guess. There's more. Uh, that comes through as we increase in our understanding and a realization, uh, we then will be able to participate and enjoy uh, uh, this dynamic work in, in, in power. Okay, and it is, it is really is a, is a power. Well, it's, it's a power against forces of darkness and evil and things that, you know, just destroy our lives. And the first thing, of course, that God addressed, you know what I mean, in when he sent Jesus Christ and there as he hung on the cross was, was the fact that, that, that sin is, is, a, is, a, is a real thing. Sin is a real thing, you know. Sin is, is that, that element that, that, that just defiles God. It, it, it's a transgression. It's, it's not healthy for you or anybody. But there wasn't any remedy for it until Jesus Christ came and shed his blood for us. And so because, you know, that was a main culprit, you know what I mean, in, in the, the brokenness of lives, and however that would play out, you, you can look around and, you know, and you read the news or you probably experience some in your own life and where, where life is broken down. You know, and those pieces of the puzzle, what they look like at that time, but there is a, there's a reason that they broke down. It's sin. Sin, you know what I mean? Just that, that, that self-will of man. But God's went ahead and addressed that through the blood of Jesus Christ. And then, you know, to take care of, you know, that, that element of, of covering so you could have relationship with him. And then there was, of course, a weakness. And that is that we're prone to it. We just inherited something from Adam. Adam, you know what I mean? He, he, he moved from, from, you know... Uh, state of, of not being without sin and by choice took on a nature of sin and then so that's passed through so he gave us sin and death but Jesus comes to give us forgiveness and life forgiveness and life and so getting this resurrection power uh, 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 so it's translating to us in life and I'll have to say this, that it gets translated to us as believers because, you know what I mean, it's, you've got to become a believer in order to get it translated to you. So first step is, you know, recognizing the state and then what's available to us. If you believe, believe in Jesus Christ, of course. And so, uh, uh, how it translates into the believer. We, we preached last Sunday about, you know, forgiveness. God forgives us. So how should that translate in our lives? 
just as it's a personal possession, it's just something that we get to enjoy and, you know, you know, that, well, I'm forgiven, you know, hallelujah. Or should our forgiveness translate into us also forgiving? All right? And so that's the same thing, that resurrection power is just not something we talk about. God wants it to be something that is affecting our living. And so Paul says here, the eyes of your understanding be enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling. See, God really wants you reaching. My goodness, let me stop right here. We got our newlyweds here. Bless you. <laughs> I can do that in a small church. A big church can't do that. They got cameras and everything like that. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, great to see you guys. Amen. I was just thinking about you, and I prayed that you would come. So, you know, I got a, a, an answer to prayer. No, I just wanted to see you, all right? <laughs> and, and everybody, if I forget anybody, you know, you're just as important as they are, but they, they don't, I married them, but they, they live in the cities. <laughs> all right. Oh, yes. Okay. Come on, Don. <laughs> Hope of your calling. God wants you to know that there's, that there's something in your tomorrow. There's a future. Now, you can jump too far. But there's a pathway that leads to the far. But he wants you to have a journey. A journey that's filled with hope. Anticipation. Even in the midst, you know what I mean? What sometimes doesn't look good, you know, turns out to be to your advantage. What are the riches of the glory of his inheritance? What really belongs to you? There's an inheritance. I think we're familiar with that part. You know, we, you know, it's not a good thing just to wait for somebody to die so you can collect. But, (laughs) you know, the scripture does say that there must be first a death, you know what I mean, of the testator. The one that has the inheritance must first of all die so that he can pass it on. Well, and that's what Jesus Christ did. He died so that there could be an inheritance that would be passed on to you. But then he said, you know what? I don't want you to enjoy it alone. We're going to participate in together. And that's why we're joint heirs with God. We're heirs with God and joint heirs with Jesus Christ. All right? And so what is the glory of his inheritance? In other words, there's more that this uh, God has for us in everyday living and also in eternity. His inheritance in the saints... And what is the exceedance? This is, the, this is where we want to go this morning is, what is the exceeding greatness? Everybody say greatness. greatness. Hallelujah. You see, there's power and then there's power. There's people that think they have power. Probably one come to your mind this morning that's really been in the news. And then there's people that really have power. What is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us? Toward the believer. Now God's hands are outstretched, you know, to the unbeliever so that they can be saved, so they can enter into this. But then as he talks to you as a believer, he said there, there is a, there's a tremendous power available to you as a believer according to the working. So he start, begins to paint the dimension of this thing. 
according to the working of his mighty power and the utopia or the, 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 the pinnacle of power. And he goes on to say was when he, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead. He took it all the way to the top and said that this is the this is the degree and this is the dynamics of the of the power that he's got toward you. And he settled it and seated it. When he seated him as the right hand of the Father. So that's why you need Jesus in your life this morning is because everything God has invested in him. He's the one that's seated at the right hand of the Father. He's the one, you know what I mean, that gives you the, through the inheritance. But in his absence, of course, he said, you're going to need, you know, God also. And so he sent God the Holy Spirit to facilitate the walk and the, the work and the future of you. So it's no secret that the resurrection, you know, it is the, it's the cornerstone of your faith. Without the resurrection, Christianity just, just crumbles. We're aware of that. And so Calvary expresses the love of God, but the resurrection explains the power of God. Living in the power of the resurrection. And Paul said in Philippians chapter 3, verse 10, he said that I might know him in that power. He wants to experience it. He wants it to be a reality in his life. And he talks about the fellowship of his suffering, and he talks about the position of his own life being conformed to his death. In other words, that dying to your self, self-will. Paul was the champion of the doctrine of the resurrection. Virtually every book of, that he wrote, he champions the resurrection. It's evident that we need to champion the resurrection. Because if there is no resurrection, then everything else is false and has failed. Resurrection. The resurrection and the awareness of the resurrection is so important, you know what I mean, to, uh, to, to God and to Jesus, that Jesus spends 40 days affirming and confirming that he's alive. He didn't do it just by running around. The Bible says, according to Acts chapter 1, verse 3, he said he did it by, because by many infallible proofs. The way he showed up, the way he would do things, you know what I mean? The way he would communicate. That resurrection witness. <clears throat> Jesus Christ is alive. And so he didn't just leave it to one or two. <laughs> the resurrection took and changed and fearful and and, you know, uh, uh, afraid and, you know, hiding disciples into what we might call an in-your-face 
confidence. Really? You see, how so, Pastor? Well, as they stand before the leaders and all the powerful men of the day, and, and they're trying to get them not to talk about Jesus, and they said, well, guys, let me tell you something. You can go and make your own decision if you want to. What he said, uh, as far as we're concerned, we're just going to keep doing what we're doing. We're not afraid. So a transformation. And not just a transformation, but a transferring of power happened in the lives of the, the disciples and is to happen in the life of the church. It's not just a power we talk about. It's a power that's been invested in us. Well, you shall receive power after the Holy Spirit has come up on you. And the dynamics of Christ's power and works begins to, to, to happen. But number one, there is no power without knowing him. The Apostle Paul said that I want to know him in the power of his resurrection. And so he uses the word know. A word that's frequently used in Scripture when there is that closeness and that awareness. you got to know him. Because church, as you know this morning, resurrection is a person. It is not just simply an event that happened. It is a person. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and I am the life. (laughs) Hallelujah. So when you have Jesus in your life, this is part of illumination and, and understanding, okay? That resurrection power is resident. Now, Paul said this, he said, of the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwell in you, it will quicken your mortal bodies. How many mortal people we have today? (laughs) See, what is going to be advantageous to us when we're dead and you know what I mean and we don't have any breath of life we're going to need that quickening power and that deteriorated mortality but Jesus in the scripture is not saying you need to wait until you're dead to enjoy resurrection life and power in you We have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of power may be of God and not of us. The quicker and the sooner we get rid of us, you know, the more quickly and powerful an empowerment we'll have in experience more and more in our lives. He said, I want your understanding to come to this. you can understand this exceeding greatness of, of power. So he says, that I might know him. Something that happens in life when, when uh, uh, that kind of event takes place. When you've been raised from the dead, uh, 
all of a sudden I think that there's an intense desire for personal and, you know, in experiential knowledge in the person that has given you life. That's what Paul is saying. He's given me life, and so I really want to know him. I want to know him. Sometimes to get to know him in this power of resurrection, there may be some things you're going to have to kind of toss aside and give up. Paul said there were some things I used to boast in. I used to take pride in life, and I used to, they used to be a motivating factor, and it's, it's, you know, where I got a lot of confidence from, and you know what I mean, and I got prestige from, and all of that. But he said, you know, in order for me to know Christ, I'm going to have to, you know, uh, uh, realize that they don't have any value now in knowing him. So I've got to lay them down and recognize that it's only him. Resurrection gives us hope. Hope of a new life. It's the opening of a new chapter. It is no longer living in the shadow of your past, but it's living in the warm light and glow of the future that God has for you. Absolutely. Colossians chapter 3 says, if we've been raised with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ is sitting on the right hand of God. The focal point. Ephesians chapter 2 says, He's made us alive together and raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. You have personal fellowship, daily audiences with Jesus Christ. The resurrection means that life is real, it's a real ability. Paul said in Romans chapter 6 and verse 4 that we rise to walk in newness of life. Now, it's greater than what I've experienced in this last few weeks, but let me, you've seen a little bit of transformation. From weakness to strength. From lying on a bed to being able to finally you know, use my members the way that they're supposed to be used. It's breaking all the, all the inhibiting factors. She's walking the newness of life, raised up and energized by, by God. What he's saying, he says, I want you to use the power now. Don't wait for heaven. Use the power now. Don't wait for heaven. He told his disciples, he said, I give you power over all the forces of darkness and evil. Paul wrote in Romans chapter 6 and 6, 7, and 8, and he tells us, you know what I mean? 
There's a dominating force in the world that's always trying to make you do the wrong thing. But he says, that doesn't happen to have to be in your life anymore. Because that force no longer has dominion over you. Because he whom the Son sets free is free indeed. Your past can really be a bummer if you don't know that Jesus Christ has went ahead and taken your past and nailed it to the cross. And, you know, it might not be all right in the natural realm, but as far as God is concerned, and that's where it really counts, is it's all right with him. He's cleared the deck. The judges went ahead and said, you know what I mean? Yeah, you're, what you did is, it was wrong. But I've went ahead and paid the price. And, and I've washed you clean. I'm setting you, setting you free. Too good to be true? Yes, it is. The fact of the matter is, it's, it's still true. The resurrection. The resurrection gives us confidence in his ability and not in our, our own. See, God wants us to be channels of his power. Channels of his power. We can't do this on our own. But you're doing it this morning because it is no longer you who lives, but Christ that lives in, in you. With Jesus in your life, you have a daily benefits and blessings that's going to constantly come your way. Familiar with the Lord's Prayer, but it says, give us this day our daily, daily bread. And because Jesus is alive, we are alive. We are alive to be fruitful. We're alive to have a life that, you know, is not for naught, but is for something. The witness, I'm going to encourage you this morning. Your witness is not useless. It's not useless because he's alive. Paul writes in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, said if he's not alive, then our witness is false. Well, translating that, it says, because he is alive, our witness is true. What does that say to you? I don't know what it says to me. I'm just going to go ahead and tell it. Because I know it's true. And you just cast truth. Our faith is is real, and we are no longer in our sins. We don't have to be pitied, but we are people to be envied. Because Jesus is alive, it's not something that is coming, it's something that is. It's presently, present possession. God says, the power that I've given you is greater than any force you'll ever face 
in life. See, I don't believe we're supposed to go through life backing down. Backing down in fear, in intimidated, or be discouraged. I'm not saying they will not knock on our door. But it says the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead. When it dwells in you, there's something dynamic that changes in your life. And so it's a power greater than what you're facing right now. It could be a physical, could be emotional, could be material, could be financial. Material and financial kind of fall in the same, but they're not always the same. The resurrection says that you don't even have to fear when it seems that death is starting to squeeze the life out of your physical body because the curse has been released. Now, that doesn't say a lot to young and vibrant and healthy and, you know. The Bible says that without the resurrection before Jesus Christ, that people actually lived in fear of death, afraid. Fear is a torment. Fear is one of the greatest prisons there is. But because of the resurrection, we see life and not death. We see hope and not fear. We look at the future as being blessed. We're guaranteed victory. Victory in life. Because of the resurrection, it means that restoration is alive. Restoration, of course, is a word that God uses, and it means that, you know, there's been some loss. Things are not as they should be. Life and time has taken its toll. Years and events have, you know, are showing up on it. But he says, I'm going to restore it. I'm going to restore. God's been known to restore relationships. If we're open to it, God will restore relationships. God has been known to restore friends. He's been known to restore whatever has been lost. He wants to restore. And because Jesus is alive, and I'm going to wrap this up with following up on this one here, miracles are alive. Miracles are alive. You see, the resurrection 
confers dominion. It does. It says that the Lord said to my Lord, and we see the conversation of the Godhead. Sit thou on my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool. Come on, church. <laughs> Hallelujah. Everybody say until. until. Yeah. <laughs> until. Sometimes it's just a matter of the time frames that's necessary. Sit on my right hand until, because somebody says I'm going to go ahead and take all of those enemies and they'll become your footstool. Well, yeah, of course you say, well, Jesus, absolutely. But how many know that we're heirs with God and joint heirs with Jesus Christ? The miracles are still alive. In John chapter 11, the story of Lazarus, a wonderful story. The event is that time has somehow laid waste and run out. Time has run out. And Jesus shows up and the situation is bleak. The expectation is not there. I, I'm so glad that, you know, and I believe in faith and I believe in expectations, but there's sometimes that God works in spite of your expectations. It is, if it has taken a hit and it's not there. If all the evidence and natural evidence has went ahead, you know what I mean, and it's played itself out, and it's not there. And you're just preparing for the inevitable. Jesus can still perform the miracle. Because it is who he is. It is what he he does. And so he begins to try to speak and stimulate into their lives and said, if you will believe, you will see the glory of God. I just like the way he does that. Musicians, if you would come. The question I want to ask in this morning is we try to make this resurrection more than just a theme, but an opportunity. Jesus says to them, 
where have you laid Lazarus? Where's he at? Where, where have you put? Where are you keeping your shattered hopes and dreams? Where are they at? Where have you laid that part of you that died when you abandoned? You felt abandoned. Seems like God had forgotten and everything is betrayed. Where have you entombed him? Where have you hemmed him in? Where have you shut down? Where have you closed? I wonder, you know what they did? They took him there. It's time to take Jesus. Take him to the dream. Take him to the hope that you know what I mean, that you had, that somehow it's, you know what I mean? You've already put the stone up against the door of it. Because Jesus said, I'm the resurrection and the life. As long as Jesus is on board, there is always hope for resurrection and for touch. In my heart, is Jesus is saying, I want to get this to your house. It's for you. The dream that you have. He was late. He didn't get there. All possibilities in life has now faded. Except for the fact that Jesus Christ is the resurrection and the life. You don't need anybody or anything but Jesus to show up. And if, he will, if you will take him where you've entombed the dream, the loss, the betrayal, and invite him into it. Resurrection life will come back into it. But do you want your Lazarus to live? Or have you closed the door on it totally and completely? Do you just want to move on? Or do you really want resurrection to come into something that's already been laid to rest? It's a good thought. 
That's what resurrection is about. God wants to revitalize your dream. I want you to underestimate God. Use the power now. Not just in heaven. Stand with me. He moves beyond the limits that we've already set. And sometimes he replaces the dream that we've had only to give you a better dream. A better dream. Living a life in the power of the resurrection. Power of the resurrection. Church, it's just not spiritual. It's so easy to push everything off into the spiritual because it's not a visible, tangible world. Hardly. more than that. Father, this morning some things seem too late. They've gone too far. They're not recoverable. And I don't know. Sometimes, Lord, we're like, we're like the prophet. And Ezekiel, when you ask him, can these bones live? And he said, I don't know. But you know, Lord. You know. I'm glad, Lord, that that does not close the door upon miracles miracles for today Father we bring our Lazaruses to you this morning we bring those disappointments those unfulfilled dreams and those those seemingly when we feel like we've been abandoned and forgotten and betrayed and delayed and only Jesus if you would have just done it a different way we're asking you to turn it around and, and, and rescue it now Father I know that there's some that their life is just running smooth and running perfect and we praise you for that but for those this morning, Father, that it's not running that way. For those individuals that need Jesus to show up and bring to life that which has lost all its life. I speak to those, to them, 
Not because I know who they are, but because you do. And I speak the miracle of resurrection power. The opening of eyes and the illumination that all things are possible. And because the resurrection gives us power and dominion over darkness and in all the works of the adversary, we speak to that this morning also. The enemy that's been in fear, interfering now has to retreat. Thank you for miracles in resurrection today. Let me give you this word of the Lord. Here's what he's saying. I am not just tomorrow, not just the last day, but right now, in this very moment, I am the resurrection and I am the life. Hallelujah. Give the Lord a praise. Right now, I am the resurrection and the life. Right now, I am the resurrection and the life. Right now, I am the resurrection and the life. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. Anything that's dead, needs Jesus because he is the resurrection and the life. Whether it's your body, whether it's your marriage, whether it's your soul's condition, it doesn't make any difference. Jesus is the resurrection and the life. And when we get it, it will transform us. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory to God. Go with God. God's going to go with you.